0: and welcome to FiverrCast, the official Fiverr podcast for sellers by sellers. My name is Red, AKA Red Horrocks.
1: And I'm Adam, AKA Twisted Web 123 And this week we're joined by our guest host. Hi
2: everyone, I am Ryan, AKA Custom Drum Loops on Fiverr. And since I'm a guest host, I'll introduce myself a little bit more. I have been on Fiverr for a little bit over three years and I sell both jingles and explainer videos and combinations of the two.
0: And actually Ryan, you made our jingle, didn't you?
1: I did, that's correct. It's great to have you on board. Um, as you're the guest host, I think we'll let you start. What topic are we covering this week? We are going to be addressing
2: a few things this week. The main being talking about good experiences we've had while shopping and how that's helped our business, both as a seller and a buyer.
0: Now, do either of you guys um, also buy on Fiverr? I know you two are awesome sellers, but are you, uh, are you also buyers?
1: I've bought a couple of times on Fiverr. Probably the biggest thing I purchased was actually for my wedding proposal, which was featured recently by the Fiverr blog, where I hired a fantastic cartoonist on Fiverr to design a comic book for me.
0: That's really cool. So she said yes, right?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been really exactly. awkward she if not. Yes. If not, the artwork stood alone as a good book.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And what about you, Ryan? Do you buy much?
2: I do actually buy frequently on Fiverr, both for Fiverr projects and then also for side projects. For example, my wife has a gym, and actually her logo and all of her graphics were purchased on Fiverr, which is a pretty cool thing because, you know, a few
1: years ago that wasn't possible. And I bet it keeps the costs down of a startup as well. Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah, that is certainly one good thing. I mean, we talk about it all the time. The services on Fiverr, you can find anything here and usually it's at a really, really good rate.
1: Not only that, but I find that Fiverr is such a a great place to go when you're starting up for not just the the lower prices, but also knowing where everything is. So for example, if I started up a new business and I needed an explainer video and a voiceover and a jingle, without Fiverr, I don't think I'd actually know where to be looking. I don't know where I would go to hire someone to do that.
0: Yeah, you probably have to start with the Google and then just cry from there.
1: (laughs) Pretty much and hope, hope I find someone or some more than one person. But with Fiverr, it's all in one place. You can easily just go from there.
0: So for you guys, what is a really amazing example of fantastic customer service that you've received that really sticks out in your head, something that other people who are trying to build reputation and build brand awareness could really be inspired by?
1: For me, I think it's when you're actually treated as a person, as a customer, especially in NowDNAs. The the issue I find mostly is when you speak to someone from customer service or you go somewhere else and they don't treat you as a person. They don't reference your first name. They, don't re- they treat you as an entity or a number they're dealing with. So I absolutely love it when I will work with someone and they will reference me by first name or I'll reference them by first name. And you just engage with them on not so much an informal level, but just on a personal level as opposed to just being another order or being another number.
2: Yeah, I think adding to what Adam said, communication is huge when it comes to that. Not only addressing people by name, but communicating what's going on with the order. You know, if, if there's a revision or something like that, giving a time frame on return and not just ignoring the request. I think all that little personalized attention makes for great customer service.
0: Definitely.
1: So, Red, what what would you say is probably been one of the best customer uh, service experiences you've uh, experienced?
0: I think um, I buy on Fiverr occasionally. I, I have um, a couple of people that I buy from more regularly, and then I'll do a few one shots here and there. Um, but then, just in general, it's it's a lot of the same thing. Um, I think there's something to be said for having a level of professionalism within your communications from from both sides. So for me, as communicating as a seller, and then from buyers communicating with me, I like the level of formality sometimes i love people when people use my name and i love to do the same thing but at the same time there's a level of informality that can almost be a little too much for me so Mm. i like it when people are courteous when people are professional when people are you know not terse um which is preferable for me so i think uh I think a lot of it is the same as you said. It's it's being treated as though you're human and having uh, the same experiences reciprocated back to other people. It's all about communication and support and humanity and we're all people and all that good stuff.
1: That's uh, that's actually just reminded me, when it came to purchasing my artwork for my book from the Fiverr seller who was called Alyssa Rin. I remember um, she had three different price tiers. She had a normal standard quick drawing for, uh, I think it was $5, a shaded drawing for $15, or a fully colored shaded drawing for $25. And I wanted, I think it was either 12 or 13 drawings from her. And as you can imagine from a buyer's point of view, that's quite a, a risk to take having not worked with someone before, knowing what their style is like or what their turnaround time is like. So what I really loved about working with her was that she initially spent maybe 10 or 15 minutes just talking with me before I even placed an order just to understand what I was looking for and to see if she was suitable. And then before I actually placed the order, she offered to mock up two of the main characters as quick sketches to send through and see if I liked them, see if it was the style I was looking for. To which um, she did for me. And from that, I absolutely love the work she did. And I think she secured like a $300 order on the spot because she took that extra time just to go through with me and treat my case as an actual case and not just another number.
0: Especially since it was such a monumental thing that you were ordering, that's probably extremely good because you must have been nervous. you,
1: You can't guarantee that the person cares what you're going for. So to find someone who actually cares about the whole reason you're ordering is a really great trait to have because you could say to someone, you know, oh, this is for my startup. It's really important. You know, it's fantastic. I really need to get off the ground. It's a million dollar idea. But the person you're hiring isn't necessarily actually going to care. But when you find the, the seller or the person who does, or if you train people to actually care about the project, you will instantly secure a buyer for a very long time. That won't just be a one-off relationship.
2: I think you should look for that as a buyer. You should look for somebody who understands your needs and is not just going to quote you a price. They went out of their way to make sure you knew what you were getting before you ordered. I think doing that is what builds the return business and builds the trust and
1: the relationship moving forward in the future, which benefits both parties. And exactly. And now if I want any graphics in that way done again, I will hire her. And it's not just because her work's good, but it's because that relationship has been formed. Because if I went to go hire someone else, I'd have to explain all of that all over again and try to get that connection again. And even though you might find cheaper options available or other alternatives, they, she has secured me as a customer for that line of work because of the initial way she treated my project and handled me.
0: That brings me to a really interesting question. For you two, you're both amazing sellers. You're both pretty busy. How much of a percentage would you say of your customers are repeat buyers?
2: That's a tricky question. I don't think I've monitored it exactly to give you an exact number, but if I had to guess, I would say 20%.
0: And do you think a lot of that is based on your your particular skills tend to be more of like a one-shot thing? thing, you don't tend to get people who come back to you needing the same thing again and again?
2: Well, the thing is that number could be way off. That's just a guess because I said I haven't monitored this exactly. But I know I do have a lot of people that return and buy numerous projects, which could against you the percentage. So I have a lot of buyers that come back and buy all the
1: time. See, that's, uh, that's quite interesting. Um, if, if there's one thing we're all going to learn from doing these podcasts and then being done frequently is that I am all about analytics. So when you ask me an analytical question, I can give you the percentage because I've become a little bit too obsessed with that, I think. And I was very surprised because I was very much like Ryan, where I wasn't sure I would maybe put it around 20% and think, oh, I I do okay, people come back. But I actually did track the amounts and I found that my amount of return buyers, repeat buyers was over 40%. And that absolutely shocked me because I had no idea it was so high. And when I realized, I realized how important it is to to keep those customers because if I didn't have the customer service there or I didn't keep it up with repeat buyers, I could potentially drop forty percent of my business. Coming next week, Ryan's exact percentage. <laughs> <laughs> well that's I, I over analyse, so I wouldn't feel bad if you don't analyse it. I, I analyse too much.
0: I think there's something to be said for that though. 40% of your business, that's really pretty huge. And mine is, I I haven't tracked my analytics because I'm not good with numbers. That's why I just talk all the time. Um, And I think mine is probably above 50% of my client. Like when I look at orders in my queue, the names I recognize, it's usually at least half of those. So there's something to be said for that initial thing that let's go ahead and win this business. That's let's do what we can to secure the proposal and all of that good stuff. But then there's also a level of communication and trust and respect that you build up with your regular clients. And that can be monumental for your business. And that comes from the customer service that you provide consistently to them. I know that there have been times when I have, gone beyond the extra mile for some of my regular clients because I know that they are spending really good money with me. And that's really important. And in case you didn't know, there is a way to take a look at how many of your clients are coming back. If you go into your Fiverr contacts, you can see how many of your clients you have. So for me, I, I have completed more than 12,000 orders. I have 6,000 clients, 6,000 unique buyers. So that's how I can tell how many I have.
2: So let me ask you both a question. Do you think the nature of your gig should determine the amount of repeat buyers you have? Like, for example, Red, you do voiceovers. Do you think that people are more likely to get voiceovers on a regular basis versus something like I offer explainer videos? A company might not get you know, a $250 explainer video every week.
0: I think that I will definitely get more repeat buyers than you, but I think you would get more customer referrals
2: than I would. Yeah, that's so I think the nature of the gig is really going to determine a lot of those things. So I don't know if there's a normal percentage. What do you think?
0: I don't think there is at all, but I think that if you are looking at how many repeat buyers you have, that's a really great example of how well you're performing at your customer service.
1: I agree. I think it depends on what your gig is to some degree, though, because at the moment we're focusing on – um the service aspect of it but Fiverr also does handle things such as products so there is a buyer called diet mad who has had over a thousand sales on his pre-made product but i highly doubt he would get any repeat custom from that because he only sells the product once Mm -hmm. but then the question with that the interesting question with that is how do you how do you still treat your customers as if you expect them to be long-term customers Mm-hmm. I think you have to.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I think customer service is so key, and we haven't even started talking about reviews yet. Do you guys have a special way from a customer service perspective that you might handle a buyer who was unhappy with what they did, and how would you provide better customer service for them if they didn't like what you were giving them?
1: So from my point of view, um, a lot of people would say you should just refund your customer if they aren't happy from the from that point in time. Now, what I would normally do is I weigh up there and then to the degree they aren't happy to the refund value so if they aren't happy for something that's going to take me five minutes to fix and it's a five dollar order I would probably go ahead and fix it or say two or three minutes to fix I would go ahead and fix it and work with them if it was say um, a massive thing to fix like a 30 minute thing to fix but it was a five dollar order I would probably refund them so that they're happy and satisfied because although I'd be missing out on money at that point in time it would actually cost me more time to fix the issue than it would to actually help the buyer and the buyer's request at that point may not be not so much worth it but it may we may just not match up very well as a buyer to seller relationship for what they want so if they aren't happy um, and I'm not reviewing the numerous ways I'd usually go about fixing the problem would be if they've got a direct issue would be to tackle that or work on that direct issue Or if they are unhappy for another reason that's maybe not directly related to what I've provided, I'd maybe then work with them or take the time to see how I could maybe correct their grievance. So it might be a case of throwing in a freebie, maybe one of my extras chucked on top for no additional charge, or just basically taking the time to see what their grievance is and letting them know that I am putting measures in place. So, for example, I had a buyer who had a grievance before who said that he wasn't happy that i hadn't messaged him until 24 hours before delivery because i received so many orders usually i send them a message about 24 hours before i deliver just let them know okay your order's been received it's going to be with you within 24 hours but this buyer wasn't happy about that and he preferred me to contact him earlier on so having spoken to him about that i let him know that for my normal processes i have now put a measure in place to contact you straight after the order has been placed to let them know that they're in the queue and they'll be dealt with in X amount of days with a follow-up in X amount of days to come.
0: That's really great. I mean, it's good that you were able to take that feedback. and.
1: He seems very happy, not so much that I'd implemented what he wanted, but that I'd listened and been able to take his criticism or his feedback and implement it.
0: Excellent. How about you, Ryan?
1: To me, a refund is the last resort and out of respect
2: for the customer, They've taken the time to research your gig, they've taken the time to place your order, and sometimes they've waited over a week to get it back, depending on what gig you offer. So to me, out of respect, they want the revision, they want the project, they want their product to be finalized in something they're happy with. I think Adam touched on it a little bit, not everybody meshes from a business standpoint, But I think this is a small percentage, and generally, I try to do everything I can to make the customer satisfied, even if it means putting in a little bit more time than I should for what I'm getting paid. That could mean a return buyer. That could mean a referral. That could mean future business that was generated only from offering that good customer service.
0: Do either of you ever get a sense from opening up an order, this happens to me sometimes, where you know instantly that it's just not going to work.
1: I've I've had that feeling a couple of times where you've opened it up and you think, okay, this this is a bit different or it's a bit out there. I can I can tell for some reason it's not going to work, but I always will deliver because I don't know the buyers' expectations of me until they see what I've produced. And a lot of the times I will kind of undershoot or undervalue what I think I'm producing. And I think, OK, this isn't going to work. I don't think they're going to like this. And I send it back and it turns out they were ecstatic. And they actually, they didn't have high expectations. They were just clear on what they wanted. And what we matched up as what I thought they wanted was actually a lot more than they wanted. And uh, only a couple of times has it completely not worked where it's it's kind of gone the other way and I can see they weren't happy. And that's where I then weigh up the sort of case of do I spend the extra time helping them or do I say, OK, this this just isn't what you were looking for initially, let's refund you.
2: I encourage my buyers to message me before they order, which creates more time spent answering messages, but kind of filters out buyers like that. I generally like to create a kind of communication before the order's placed, so we're both on the same page before going
1: into the order. I imagine that's very important for your niche as well, because what you're producing is very customized to what the buyer wants or understands or needs. Whereas from my side, what I produce a lot of my gigs or services are more kind of predefined on the service I'm offering as opposed to what the buyer wants.
2: Right. Definitely. I mean, especially with the explainer videos there, you know, people, if they don't understand looking at two explainer videos, they can't tell the difference between a $10,000 one done by an agency or a $200 one done by me on Fiverr. So it's like, I need to make sure that boundary is set before, okay, you do not get this level of customization for $200 as you would paying $10,000 with an agency. So I think getting everybody on the same page going into the order prevents a lot of stuff that is unnecessary after the gigs delivered. Well,
0: today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Great. Welcome. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, your username, and what you do on Fiverr. Well, um, my name is Barbara,
3: aka Bachas 85 and my main gigs are just doing video gigs. I do um, commercials or video testimonials on Fiverr. That's what I've been doing for over three years, and it's been great. I've done some voiceovers as well, but my main thing
0: is doing videos for my clients. Very cool. So what do you think about this uh, this conversation we're having today about customer service? To you, what is great customer service? Well, for me, customer service is all about having a good
3: customer experience as a whole, from beginning to end. For me, as a seller, um, you know, I've always thought, what would I want to experience if I go buy, you know, a product elsewhere in the world, a product on Fiverr, service on Fiverr? What, what, what do I want? How would I want to be treated? And for me, um, and and this is also what I do. First off, is Answer um, all the messages and acknowledge all the orders I get in a timely manner. Because of the nature of my gig, I don't get as many orders as you guys. I know you read get hundreds of orders, and you know I can't imagine you have the time to um, acknowledge every single order every time you get them. But for me, acknowledging the order, and I think um, you guys touched it a little bit about this, is important because not only do you touch base with the customer when you're acknowledging the order but you know you're letting them know hey I got your order I'm going to work on it and it also gives you a chance to be transparent on what they're ordering because there's some some cases where I get um you know I get a $50 order with a bunch of extras and all I get is a line with the script so in that case my job And duty is to tell the buyer, hey, you know, I received your order. I noticed you have a $50 order. What are you ordering exactly? Um, And then I get, I kind of have to spoon out some responses sometimes, but I wanna make sure, you know, that my client um, tells me exactly what they want in order for me to give them what they want and what they're looking for um, in the first try so that when I deliver the first order, you know, they're happy, they uh, know what they're expecting. And, you know, everyone's happy in the end. And, of course, um, you know, delivering on time is a big thing. Um, For me, I try to deliver as early as I can. And, you know, for customers, delivering early is huge points towards customer service. And then there are times when, you know, you just can't make it for X, Y, Z reason. And, you know, it's also good customer service practice to let your customer know what what's going on, as, as, as Ryan was mentioning earlier. Um, you know, get in touch with your, with your customer. Let them know what's going on. If you're going to be late, let them know, you know, hey, I've, I run into some trouble. You know, I got sick or my computer is dead, whatever. Um, and then, you know, your customer is going to be happy that you told them, hey, um, you know, I'm going to be late. And usually they're always... Um, thankful that you're communicating. So, communication is really, really big, as Ryan was mentioning earlier. Um, also, um, you uh, talked about this, Red, professionalism, um, the way we write to our customers, treating them as human beings, you know, just another person who's spending five bucks on you is really, really important. You want to make sure that they know that you care, you know, caring about the order caring about the person who's ordering for you is, who's ordering from you is really, really important. You know, all that leads to having repeat business or referrals, which is essentially what we need to survive in Fiverr. Also, one thing I wanted to mention is with all of our regular clients, I know most of them, if not all of them, depend on us if they're repeat clients and you know, they're ordering every week. And then sometimes you wanna take a vacation uh, be it one week, two weeks. I've had a time where I was away for about three weeks, you know, and I made sure because I know that some of my buyers depend on me. Was to um, I, made sure, I made sure I contact them? Contacted them probably a month in advance just to let them know, hey, you know, by the way, I'm going to be gone this amount of time. If you have to order, make sure you order in advance or, um, you know, just letting them know what's going on so that when they come to Fiverr and they don't find me, you know, they don't freak out about it. So there's just so many things um, that you can do in regards to good customer service. Very much apart from what your actual service is because, of course, good quality services, or good quality product is going to bring back repeat customers. But good customer service in this case is really, really important to really keep your clients and get referrals as well.
1: I just want to um, ask a question. You say that you try to deliver as soon as possible on every single order. Um, I actually I tried to do that recently because I was I had a quieter queue than normal. So what I would normally do is I would normally always aim to deliver about 24 hours before I actually state I do. But for this time, I thought right, I'm just going to deliver when I can as soon as I can. And what I actually found was I had one buyer who ordered from me and rather than delivering five days, I delivered in one, um, sorry two days both of their orders. And then they came back a week later when I was busier. And by this point, it got into four days out of five day lead time. I'd already let them know that I was more busy compared to the last time that they ordered. But they were very unhappy that I wasn't able to order as quickly as previously, even though that wasn't a promise or stated on my service. Has something like that ever happened with you where it fluctuates in your delivery time for those repeat buyers?
3: Um, I've had a couple of instances where, um, you know, I was super happy that I delivered in like two days, you know, even though they didn't order the, the express gig extra that I have. And of course they came back because I was so fast. And then next time, you know, it did take a little bit longer and they were like, so, you know, uh, when's the order going to be ready and, and, and everything. Um, so what I do is I, I explained to them, you know, this is my set, delivery time. Currently, I think it's in in about seven days. I don't work on weekends. So let's say if the buyer orders on a Thursday, you know, and they're expecting it in one to two days or on the weekend, I tell them, you know, I don't work on Fiverr on, on weekends. So I'm just going to get to it, um, you know, next week, or I let them know what their, um, position in my queue is so that they have an idea um, so that they don't think, you know, I'm just brushing them off. And most of the time, you know, they're they are really understanding. I find that buyers are, you know, good people um, and they will be happy uh, with whatever you tell them as long as it's something logical that you're telling them. And, you know, as long as you're communicating with them and again, communication, we're touching, we're touching base on that. Communication is really, really important with everything. As long as you're talking to your to your um, buyer about what's going on. Answer them whenever they ask you a question during the order. Um, you know they're going to be happy. They're going to be satisfied with 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 your service, and they're going to be understanding most of the time.
1: I like I like the logical idea of letting them know the position in your queue. Because when I message this particular buyer, I, I simply try to explain that. I was busier than the last time that they ordered and it's going to take a little while longer. But I think if maybe I did share a number such as your 90th in line and it should be with you roughly at this time, I think they probably would have been happier with that.
2: I had the same problem that Adam had when I used to set my delivery time and deliver ahead of it. Uh, If I didn't do it the second time, people said, hey, what's the deal? The first time you delivered in this many days, it's now taking this long. So since then, I've switched and never delivered before it's due. And I've had no problems with it. And I just say it's not going to be a second past the quoted time. And I actually pride myself in over 5,500 orders. I've never delivered an order that was past due, which is kind of crazy to think about, but I haven't. So I just say it's going to be back guaranteed before this time, but it probably won't be earlier. And generally people expect that because like both you said, if you communicate, they appreciate it.
3: Yep. And, and one thing I just remembered is, um, you know, every time I get an order, I have like a pre-written acknowledgement message. So in that message, I tell them, um, you know, hey, I I received your order. Thank you for ordering with me. I will get to your order as soon as your turn comes up. So with that line, you know, they understand, okay, I'm in line. I'm sure she's got other um, orders prior to this one. So when my turn comes up, she's going to get to my order. So, you know, I kind of like plant the seed there ahead of time. And if they ask, you know, of course, I I try to respond, um, in a timely manner and let them know what's going on and when I'm going to get to their order.
2: I think that's great too, because it lets them know you're not the only person I'm dealing with. And generally when people know that they understand the communication, you know, you're, you're talking to them even though you have all these other orders.
3: Correct.
1: That, that is a I think that's a fantastic tip for sellers to have a pre-written acknowledgement statement that they could possibly save within the Fiverr um, messaging tools that we have at the moment. And just to basically state each time you receive that new order, use that pre-written statement that you've already got saved. It will only take a couple of seconds to do, but it would reap a lot more benefits.
3: Yep. And remember with the pre-written um, statements, um, it's always a good idea Um, like red was saying you know use the their either their first name or their um, username if they don't write to you using their first name because otherwise you kind of sound like a robot tapping a a canned response in this case and then just sending it off you want to make sure they feel
1: so almost like a a template then not something you're going to send out as completely pre-written but a template where you maybe have their username and the gig they've ordered or the 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 order amount or something else that you can reference so it's more personalized to them
3: Correct. Just even with something as simple as just using their username or their name is 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 really good.
2: It's a modified template. Yeah. So you have the set response and then you can add their name in at the beginning when you send it to them.
3: Correct.
1: Well, thank you so much, Barbara, for being on the show with us today. It's been fantastic having you and you've certainly given some great information and insights into what great customer service means for you. So hopefully we'll see you again soon on the show.
3: Thank you guys for having me. Thanks,
0: Barbara.
1: Thanks, Barbara. So now we move on to the Q&A portion of the show, where we answer questions directly from our community. This week, we have three questions. The first one I'm going to throw over to Red, and that is, how do I search for people who may need services done? And that's from Annie Alotto.
0: Uh, This is always a great question because you're always wanting to find ways to gain more business and ways to gain more traffic. And there are a couple of really, really good tools that Fiverr has, and I use one of them every single day. The buyer request tool, it's an awesome little thing where people who haven't been able to find the services they're looking for can go ahead and enter in what they're after. And there's opportunities for sellers who already sell within that particular category to go ahead and pitch pitch their business. So I actually do this every single day. It's the second thing I do with my little admin work that I do every morning. I'll go into buy requests, and for me, it's voiceovers, and there'll be a lot of stuff in there that I simply can't help with. I can't be a male German guy. I've, I've tried. It doesn't work. Um, so as a general rule, I'll go through and see which of these orders might apply to me, and I'll go ahead and send them a link to my gig. And you have a limit on how many you can do per day. You can do 10 per day. But it's a great way to go ahead and generate some more business from people who are looking for something more specific. Sometimes there's things on there that I know I can do really, really well that wouldn't necessarily come up in search terms for me. So it's a good opportunity to expand and to gain new business. Another really good place to find people who are looking for things is the forum. The forum community is huge and wonderful and consistently evolving. And we have a new forum coming soon, which is very exciting. There's always people on there who are looking for work. So if you have the time and want to go through the forum to see if anyone's got something they're looking for, you think you can help with them, go for it. You can message them straight through the system and get more business that way. So it's just keeping your eyes out and keeping your ear to the ground as to different venues, different avenues you can take to get more business. So the next question we have is, can I share a completed order on Facebook after missing the pop-up and how? Ryan, do you want to take this one for us?
2: Absolutely. So just in case you have an order before, when you complete an order, there will be a pop-up that gives you the option to share what you have received on social media, so on Facebook or Twitter. If you miss that, what you can do, and this actually can work in your favor say if you ordered a Twitter cover photo from Adam, what you can do is you can take that and share it directly on Facebook with the link to Adam's gig. So not only does this give you exposure for what you got, which is probably going to be your business, but it makes you kind of a connector in a way. So if someone sees what you got and they go and order from Adam and they say, oh, wow, this is fantastic, you're going to be a trusted source for referrals on Fiverr. So, I mean, that's a good way to build your business credibility and your personal for being a referral source to gigs that can help grow your business.
0: Excellent. And then another question uh, here, this is actually... Something that we wanted to talk about a little bit because we get asked this sort of thing all the time. And I think Adam, our analytics guru, is best for this because he knows all things of this. Can you talk about, Adam, what is legit?
1: So this question gets asked a lot, especially when there's a new feature coming out which may coincide with it. Now, what this often refers to is if someone has received an email or received a message or received something similar from the Fiverr system that is out of the norm. So, for example, a recent example for this is there was a beta test available and it was sent out to buyers in the email. And a lot of people asked, Is this email legitimate? What should I do? So, there's a few ways to understand if communication from Fiverr is legitimate. So, the first thing to realize is that no email from Fiverr customer support or any Fiverr employee will originate from a public domain. It will always be from at fiverr.com. So If any message you receive in your email address is from Hotmail, Outlook, Yahoo, Gmail or anything else along these lines, it is not a legitimate message. They only come from Fiverr.com. The next thing is the Fiverr team will never directly ask you for any personal information such as your PayPal email account, your password or the security question on your account. The only thing that is ever going to be referenced in a Fiverr email to you is your username. They're never gonna ask for any confidential details of your account. If you receive an email that you do believe is suspicious or something doesn't seem quite right, don't be afraid to report it immediately to the Fiverr customer support team. There is never a time where you may think you're gonna be bothering them or it isn't worth communicating that to someone. Even if you see a message that you know isn't legitimate, for the security of the community, it'd be great if you could report that to the customer support team. If you do see an email and you aren't quite sure if it's legitimate or not and it has links into it to direct you somewhere that is seemingly on Fiverr or related to Fiverr, if you aren't sure if it's legitimate, don't click those links and once again contact customer support. Now in relation to on-site in regards to receiving messages on-site in your Fiverr inbox, this sometimes happens as well from the Fiverr system and there's quite an easy way to see if it is legit. And an easy way to do this is to basically click on the user's profile that you've received the message from, and at the top of the profile, next to their username, if it's a legitimate Fiverr admin or Fiverr member, it will have a tick. So for example, um, I'm sure we'll link this along with this video as a demonstration, but there is a Fiverr username called Fiverr Bot, which on their profile they have the tick. If a profile doesn't have a tick and it's asking you to do something, pretending to be a Fiverr community service member, once again, report that to the customer support.
0: Very cool. Well I think that's gonna be about all we have time for today. Hey hey Adam, how's that logo contest going?
1: Well, we've received a lot of great submissions so far, but you can never receive enough. So please keep sending those submissions in and you can read the details for the forum um, for the logo contest in the forum if you haven't seen them already about designing the logo for this podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to FiverrCast, the official Fiverr podcast for sellers by sellers. Be sure to join us next week when we talk about how to say no. Thanks very much to our guest host today, Ryan. You can find him on Fiverr as Custom Drum Loops. He also composed our amazing jingle. We'd also like to thank Barbara. You can find her as Botches85 for coming on and being our special guest. We were edited today by Landon Grace. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. Fiverr Cast.